Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror, the first episode of October 2021. By the, by the time it hits, Caitlin, I saw the confusion in your eyes there for a second. Yeah, I was struggling. Um, Thank you. <laughs> tonight, we are going to be reviewing an indie film, a pretty indie film for a change. This is called Stay Out of the Attic, also known as, aka, Stay Out of the Fudging Attic. <laughs> some of the That's ver- exactly it. <laughs> some of the versions use use a naughty word, Caitlin, but we won't say it on this show, okay? Just so people understand. Joining me tonight, first up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. From Richmond, Virginia, please welcome Caitlin. Hi. Next up, we have what a pleasure this evening. Not one, but two <laughs> zombie girls with a Z. First up, from uh, the bucolic Pacific Northwest, please welcome Ariel to the show. Hi. I've got a whole, just whole vision in my mind of like lumberjacks and like <laughs> coffee shops. People do dress like lumberjacks. I've never right. seen anyone cut down a tree, but they all wear <laughs> plaid and flannel. <laughs> I love it. It's the, the song of my people. Next up, <laughs> joining us tonight, rounding out the show from, I believe, California. That is correct. I don't know. No lumberjacks. But, I don't know uh, why I said it was a southern accent, but here we are. Please welcome <laughs> Rachel to the show. Hello. California. California. Isn't like the Bay the Bay Area, Rachel? Is that where, where you're coming to us? Yeah. Today? Yep. I am from the like right in the middle of the Bay Area. Um not the state of Jefferson, which is Northern California. <laughs> uh, that's but, yeah. that's really cool, which doesn't surprise me about you that you live in a cool <laughs> place. Are you there? Are you from that area originally? Yeah, I grew up here. Wow. So I am a Bay Area native. West Coast people, man. Yeah. You guys are like unicorns <laughs> to me. I don't get to meet very many. It's exciting. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's jump right in here and review. Stay out of the attic. Caitlin. Eric. I'd love to know the story behind like the stay out of the, the fucking attic versus the attic and like did they name it that originally? Because it was like an indie movie, and then they were like, "Oh wait, we have to sell this. We can't do this." I like that the poster has like a blood splatter on some versions over the the fucking part. Well, what's interesting is that so on Shutter, the the expletive is there, but it's got like an asterisk in it or something. Mm-hmm. But it but you can search "Stay Out of the Attic" and this movie will come up. So it's interesting. I like the brackets around the expletive. Mm. It's my favorite version. <laughs> um, it's an interesting thing about words. That's what we're discussing right now, Caitlin. Um, since uh, Mr. Schnars is out. He is. Please bring us the word of the day. Eric, the word of the day is serum. Ooh. Coming from the Latin, serum. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Which originally meant whey, um, but in this scenario, it also can be like a cosmetic, but in this scenario, we're taking the definition to mean an amber-colored protein-rich liquid that separates out when blood coagulates. Ooh. Ooh. What percentage of serums are made from eyeball goo? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like horse urea that's in every cosmetic and apparently eyeball goo for for this movie interesting (laughs) like pee like that's what you're telling me right now that's what i always hear because that's what people always talk about like oh this and that makeup has horse urine in it or something this could be wrong that's intense i only use horse urine free products i did not know that (laughs) suddenly want to go down an internet rabbit hole to find out how they source horse urine Because you need a lot of it, right? So there's got to be a whole thing. I Have you ever seen a horse pee? A whole yeah. horse urine operation, right? But you got to capture it. You got, I mean, that in itself <laughs> is a lot. Eric, I think your movie theater has the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they just vacuum up the floor of the bathroom in that theater that I used to go to. Close enough. Yeah. These people are basically animals anyway, so let's just take this pee and. 
can't pee in the urinal. <laughs> Man, I forgot about that. My, You're welcome. I've been to this theater here once. The bathroom seemed okay. Not too much urine, just the right amount of urine. I felt like. <laughs> hopefully in the right spot. Yeah. You know, you don't want it all over the floor. <laughs> right. All right, Caitlin. Why don't you uh, tell us what Stay Out of the Attic is about? Yeah. So Stay Out of the Attic, technically a 2020 release, is about a group of second chance movers. So we've got Albert Schillinger. I think they call him Schill through the movie. Imani and Carlos. And they are movers who have a bit of a criminal past and are getting their second chance in this moving career. And they are moving the furniture out of the house of one Vern Mueller. And he instructs them to stay out of the attic and out of the basement. And some creepy things start to happen. And he has signs of being a suspicious older German gentleman with secrets. (laughs) Something about that dude, he looked to me like, he kind of reminded me of um, fake old Guy Ritchie in Prometheus. Like yes. he was kind of like he was kind of like bootleg old guy Richie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The movie would have been a hundred percent better if Guy Ritchie was in it. It would have been pretty sweet. <laughs> um, love it. Thank you, Caitlin. Let's jump right in here. Rachel, what did you think of your time in the attic? Okay. So going into this, I had like really low expectations, like really low. I was telling you before the show, I had, I had just watched another movie that had set my, set my expectations nice and low. So I think my initial viewing of this benefited from having the, that, that kind of expectation going on. You know, it had some fun, gory moments. I laughed a couple of times. Um, and I just kind of like, approach these movies a little bit more gently because, you know, like indie movies have limited budgets. There's things like that, right? Um, However, as I stepped away from this more, and I think a lot of it came as a result of our conversations because I was just sort of like processing it still, was that I don't think that it's sitting with me that well. Um, I think we'll get into a lot of the reasons why when we get into more spoilery territory, but I just think this is not a movie that sits well after 2016 in the way that it is particularly executed, we'll say. Um, And it's kind of a shame because I think it flirts with some really interesting ideas, but it doesn't necessarily go there. And instead it abandons it for a very particular brand of exploitation. And uh, yeah, so overall, um, it has some things that I liked about it, but I I don't know. It didn't totally work for me. Casey? Um, This is... I try to be kind to all two movies that come from this idea from this angle. There's a, these are low budget movies that are coming from new filmmakers that are trying new things and finding their start. There's good parts of movies of this movie in here. There's fun with the, there's some strong ideas. There's fun with the effects and the gore and things like that. For me, it gets stretched out too much and it starts to run a little slow because it's, I have a hard time connecting to any of the characters. So it's hard to really root for anybody. And after a while, it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever, let's get to the (laughs) end and hoping for it. But there is good elements in there. Overall, though, as a full package, it just didn't land for me. Ariel. Yeah, I think I feel much the same way. Um, My expectations were fairly low and tempered because it's an indie film. And I did think that there were some genuinely fun moments here. We'll get into it, but there are some pretty fun practical effects. There are a couple Mm -hmm. of lines in this movie where I laughed out loud. (laughs) Carlos and Imani not all of their dialogue is well written, but I found them to be likable, the actors themselves. I think some of the acting, though, wasn't so great, and that detracted from the overall movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like Rachel was alluding to, there are some there are some parts of this movie that are referencing the Holocaust in ways that made <laughs> me deeply uncomfortable. And I think as we have a bigger conversation about it, maybe I'll feel differently at the end. But watching it, I was a little taken aback a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caitlin. Yeah, this was <clears throat> this was a fun one, um, which is not a word I usually use for 
a Nazi movie, but uh, <laughs> it was it was definitely different. I I did like Imani and Carlos. They were sort of the ones to root for in this. I I, I, I liked Imani. <laughs> wow. See, that was a po- I said a positive thing. What I don't. <laughs> Screw Carlos specifically. <laughs> but I um I did like their back and forth, and I was very proud of myself, which I shouldn't have been because it was like pretty well forecast of calling the first twist of finding out who Vern is. Um, and I actually did appreciate the second twist, um, which we can get into in spoilers where we find out a little bit more about Shill's background. Um, and when I say I like it, it was, you know, it, it, I like the use of it. It's obviously sad and rough, but um, we also, we can talk a little bit more about this later, but our buddy Jason uh, from Dads from the Crypt got to interview the writer and producer for this, and he gave us some some extra intel uh, that was pretty cool, so that made it, you know, accessible and approachable and, mm-hmm. and a lot more fun. So I, I'm, I w- I'm dying to hear some like behind the scenes info. Cause I think there's probably some good tidbits in there just about kind of where they were coming from. I'm pretty on board with everybody else. Um, I wouldn't, this is not, I mean, it's interesting for us to cover. This is not a sort of like budget level of thing that we cover a lot. I would say we actually like self-select a lot of these movies out, um, unless we've heard like a lot of really amazing things about them. Um, this was one we decided to take a chance on. I think what, like something you guys are kind of touching on, it's like making, you could, I guess, call this an exploitation movie because I think a lot of it kind of treads in being shocking. Like when you look at stuff like this, um, this like Siamese twin thing that shows, I don't even, that's probably not the right word, but like, (laughs) it's like a, let's call it malignant twins. Um, It's really funny seeing this movie immediately after malignant, like, um, and, and I gotta say really ballsy for this budget to be like, yeah, we can just pull off another person hanging off that lady's back. Like, let's do it. Um, but it, it, it's like, it approaches, I, I see what it's doing. It is approaching the subjects it's dealing with in a way that feels very like 2007 or something. Like it feels like a type of humor, satire social commentary that almost feels a little outdated for the world we live in now. Like it's dealing with movie Nazis in a way that we used to before we had to like really think about Nazis like every day. Like, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) It's, you know, it's super interesting, like finding out that the director and the writer were both Jewish. It's why I'd love to hear more about like, you know, they're sort of where they were coming from with some of this stuff. Um, Not everybody's going to know that, you know what I mean? Like going into the movie. Um, So a lot of that stuff just feels a little weird. There's also some through lines like that don't feel totally like, buttoned up together there's some weird editing like there's a scene where is it carlos is that what the character's name is yeah like he discovers he sees the dude's ss tattoo which is really funny because like typically when you you're watching like some prison show or something and somebody has an ss tattoo they're typically like you know like an inch or two they're usually like a smaller thing with an alarm this dude has like a seven inch like ss tat- it's like a half sleeve <laughs> like on his own like you couldn't yeah. miss it there's no like subtlety but the, so Carlos sees it and he gets really upset and we learn that like this is where we start getting the explanation of like, well, it was just a prison thing. I did it to like stay safe in prison. And we learn that I believe that like Amani knew about it and mm-hmm. they've sort of made peace with each other. But but Carlos seems like he's done. Like he's over it. He hates this guy now. They're like mortal enemies. The next scene we see where they're interacting, it's like this scene didn't happen. And it was like really throwing me off. There's a scene where they're both like packing stuff in a room and they're just chatting casually, like bought, like there's no, it makes me feel like that scene was shot later or was edited in order. It wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to be, but at no point in the movie does the way Carlos acts towards the boss guy, like honor that conversation that they had earlier. It's just like a subtle thing that really kind of threw me off. Um, I also thought it was really funny. Like 
there I was watching this with Elizabeth and we had this ongoing joke about how these are the worst movers in the world. Like at one yeah. point <laughs> we never see them moving anything a short of like a tiny little montage in the beginning. But literally, they've been doing it all day. The sun is down, and they show the truck. There's like four things in the truck. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys better hurry. Like, they, they are like, I don't know if we can get it done by the morning. It's like, I don't know if you can get it done by the end of the week, because you guys are <laughs> slow. Um, and the other thing that kind of was making me laugh, honestly, like, I, like this stuff was sort of like entertaining me about the movie, so it's not necessarily a complaint. But there's another funny thread where it's like, they they're seeing some weird shit that might be like kind of Nazi adjacent or whatever, but which certainly uncomfortable. Like that's not a thing you want to be a pro. But they are they're acting like they've already seen dead bodies before anything's really happened. They're like, I don't feel safe. We got to get out of here like right now. But like nothing's happened yet. And then it just goes to like I mean it goes to eleven at some point. But um, it was sort of making me laugh how because at any point they could have just been like they could have just left in the beginning. Like there's a there's a great stretch of this movie where they could have just walked away. Carlos um, wanted to. Right. And they, yeah. and they didn't. And like, it's funny when in considered with how much the characters are freaking out for so long before they finally decide they're done. You know what I mean? Um, I did enjoy the music, but I am a slut for synth music. So that's not that <laughs> shocking. It's pretty subtle. Um, but when they had these really kind of well-made cues that would like come in every once in a while. So yeah, I didn't love it. Um, there's some things about the tone that I was just like in 2021 was like, I don't know how to take this. <laughs> um, right. and I think to Ariel's point, like there's definitely some fun, low budget effects. Um, the eye thing definitely got me. Although yeah. when Amani like yeah. wakes up, I feel like her response to not having an eyeball was not enough. <laughs> yeah, she was too happy. She woke up. <laughs> she woke up and was like, just going at the other guy, like I can't believe blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, you don't have an eye. Are we gonna like stop and acknowledge <laughs> that for a minute? She just seems like kind of put out that she. I don't know. That's the eyeball funny. goo serum. And I think that you could make an argument. I guess that some of that stuff's supposed to be more campy. Um, but I'm not sure that it necessarily lands. Didn't for me, at least. Anyway. Did any of y'all stick around through the credits? I did only because, well, I went back after I read your email and watched it. So that was kind of a fun little find. <laughs> yeah, it was one that I'm I'm really glad that I always like Google, like, should I stay through the credits? And this one Smart. was like, yeah, there's a post credit scene and some, int or, you know, <clears throat> some stuff that happens during the credits and then one in, in the final scene. So I was like, Oh, well it does. I'm glad that I said, is it around. spoilery? Do we have to wait a few minutes to say it? Yeah. We'll wait. Okay. I need to know about that mid credit scene. Cause I skipped right to the end. I sure did. <laughs> I didn't know there was one. Well, what are the, what are some of the, I was trying um, to pretend I had, what are, <laughs> what are some of the moments or kind of things that we liked here? I could like the, like you were talking about the once, we get into the attic and stuff, and we uncover and That was impressive FX uh, work. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was largely practical, too. So I thought that was kind of cool to go out there, and I would have liked to have seen more of that coming out of the attic. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, can, that was you do great. see the budget constraints, too, though, where it's like there's a hint at like more sort of creations, but we really just see like two right for right. most of the movie yeah and then some hands and there's yes, like lots of hands the yeah i didn't really i probably like missed this part but like i just kept referring to him as dog boy because he was like crawling on hands and knees his name house. is the creeper according the creeper. to <laughs> wikipedia wow <laughs> okay. okay i like I'm that yeah. yeah but you know and the two we got the, like you said there was hints that there were more and the two we got we've got ann who was pretty cool and then we've got the creeper who seemed ultimately kind of generic for this kind of a movie it's kind of a creepy person kept in the dark for too long that's crawling around on all fours mm -hmm. if we would have got Anne and something of that caliber and that size it would have been really exciting and that's what i was hoping to see and as we get towards the talk to the end and what everyone talk about the end of the movie and whatnot that's kind of what i'd hoping we'd see more of after that point mm -hmm. yeah i was yeah, hoping with those arms sure kept coming out we were going to get like goro nazi just like a nine-armed nazi <laughs> right <laughs> goro's pretty cool Octa -Nazi. i don't know that would have been right. <laughs> getting into the crazy stuff right wouldn't that be yeah. the wouldn't that be the bent of your experiments like more buff arms better punching <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> well, I, I also like I'll never turn down an opportunity to see a Nazi get pummeled. Like, <laughs> fuck him up, fuck up, Vern slash you know who. Um, Especially if we're not yeah, <laughs> there is something interesting about like a the the meeting of like, for lack of a better term, like old school Nazi with a sort of like, you know, quote unquote, reformed like neo Nazi, like because there's something so. Like weirdly opposite about those two, I don't know, my I don't know, it's like it's like a an old thing and a new thing that kind of has something in common, but like couldn't be farther in some respects from each other. I don't know. I, I like that. I'm not sure that they landed that completely, but I'm like, I'm a little intrigued by that idea. Well, I think that's sort of one of the overall problems with the movie is that it starts to touch on things, but doesn't go far enough. It just sort of skims the surface. It's the same with the idea that Imani, Shill, and Carlos are all people who have been in prison before. They've been incarcerated and have come out. And they sort of touch on a little bit where it's mentioned that Carlos and Imani would not have a job if not for this moving thing because they can't get hired. And yet Shill the white neo-Nazi guy was able to start a business himself, right? So it's like <laughs> right. it kind of touches on it. It just doesn't go any farther with it than that. Now that and guy, I think that's a, a failing of it. His name is oh, Shill, is that what you said? I, I thought that's Shilling. I think yeah. if you're going to like give me that story of like a reformed neo-Nazi, like you got to give me at least, I'm not always going to like advocate for like an info dump, but I need more information if you're like, I'm not yeah. saying you can sell me on this, but you got to try a little hard. Like right. he just says, I'm not like that anymore. Like, I don't do that. I'm not a Nazi. Like there is no, you got, I don't know. Right. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, I need, 100%. I need a plea. I need more of a, I need more of a plea from him explaining why he had this change of heart and what he's doing. And it, like, if you want me to be behind him, which I felt like they did. Well, there's really no character development to these characters. Yeah. I mean, like what Ariel's talking about, that's the exact problem. And since they took that route, we can't connect to any of them. So when stuff starts to go down, you're not like, oh, I hope Carlos makes it. It's like, well, sorry, Carlos. <laughs> well, we get a, a touch of like a, a an attempt at redemption because, I mean, it, it is kind of a blow. And at first you're like, okay, like he was trying to stay safe in prison. That still fucking sucks that he has an SS tattoo. And then we find out later that he had been a part of the Aryan Brotherhood prior to like, you know, he held some rank that was enough for Vern to recognize that like, you know, Hey, one he of was us a leader. Yeah. Right. And we do get sort of at the end, <clears throat> you know, he locks the door behind an escape moment so that he can stay there, take care of Vern, and then slice Vern and then slice out his, you know, um, leadership tattoo, which is like an attempt at redemption. Cause he's like, yeah, like a reckoning or I'll have to pay the price or something. So it's like, we do get a moment of trying for it, but it would have been nice to get a little bit more building to it. I thought for me, the like slicing of the tattoo thing was a little cheesy for starters. Like, you can't do that. You're like, you're going to pass out from the pain. <laughs> first of all, I mean, he was like, ow, ow. I think like, <laughs> I think a legit attempt something about explaining why he he changed his heart and like why he's trying yeah. to do better like that would have gone a lot farther for me than this tattoo thing like uh, honestly yeah. i was just making a yeah. face like come on bro like it, it was just kind of a little eye rolly for me yeah, I felt like the writers wanted the fact that he was dating Imani, a woman of color, to kind of do the heavy lifting that he had changed. Oh, wait. And I think were they dating? Didn't... Yeah. She said yeah. they were. She I said she called know. him his, her boo. I didn't, yeah. pick that, I didn't pick that up. So I think the problem with that also is just like because they only skim the surface in that way, yes. what you end up is like kind of some pretty bad optics, right? Because yeah. if you watch that scene, what you – end up seeing because you haven't been on like kind of any sort of emotional journey with this character is him looking kind of like a badass and i personally don't need more <laughs> footage of badass nazis and their physical prowess and strength you know that those are just like <laughs> bad options. right i think we could have had a redemption story with him but had one of the other characters sort of be more of the hero at the end of the day and that might have gone over better for me it's not that hard to extrapolate that a Nazi officer cutting off his own tattoo isn't part of their thing, right? 
they could be a little self I mean, to prove themselves and whatnot, like you were saying, Rachel, they that could easily be misconstrued too, as far mm-hmm. as that whole thing with that cutting it out. Well, it's that like could a- just be them showing their awesome pure purity and power right it's like a super it's like a super overly aggressive um like attempt at like redemption that could have been done like a little more gracefully or something i think Um, right also you can't do that that doesn't work out (laughs) sorry he's gonna get an infection yeah it's not good (laughs) this no this is what this is what happens you're gonna pump yourself up to do that and you're gonna make one cut and be like, "Ow, I can't!" Like that's nobody can fucking do that, dude. And even if you happen to tough it out through all, slicing all the way around, that first time you grab a hold, you're like, "Nope, nope, I'm out." Yeah, no. You ever try to rip a bandaid off when it's got like two hairs in it? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shenanigans. Ariel pointed out something that took. I she pointed out that the girl in the attic is named Anne. Yes. Which I didn't make the connection, but Ariel yeah. did because she's well, she's because good. We only smart. really say her name once, but when I heard it, I was like, "Huh, <laughs> I don't know about that." Also, I I tutor my nephew in English, and we just got finished reading the Diary of Anne Frank and Knight and stuff. So I, I've been very immersed in the Holocaust and the history and learning about Anne Frank, and so it it felt a little icky to me. A little exploitative, and I think I sort of can maybe understand what what the writer and the director were trying to do there and kind of get that instant name recognition and maybe sympathy and understanding that this is a Jewish young woman, but it it didn't feel good or okay. Well, I think to that me. part yeah, of it yeah. is like, it's a little hard to peg what the um, like tone is supposed to be. So right. certainly you could do some of these things and like crank the tone up to 11 in some ways. And like, sure, still has the potential to offend some people, but like then you're doing something really bold and like just taking that chance. Like I think part of it is I don't, it was hard to read while watching it, like exactly the kind of lane I was in. Yeah, I'd be very curious to hear that interview to to know what the thought process was behind that. Because like you were saying, these were Jewish people who created this movie. So maybe there's something that I'm missing here, you know? That's what I was... Go ahead. Oh, well, I, I, you know, I I think that interview that Jason did will be really enlightening for sure. And um, Jason also mentioned that it's definitely supposed to be like a schlocky... B movie film and like a lot of these notes and beats were really intentional, which I wouldn't have picked up on had I not known. And I'm mm-hmm. glad because it does color things a little bit um, better for me. Um, yeah. I mean, I think some of that too I mean, is like, it has to do with actor delivery of some of these lines. Like, yeah. I also think right. having that context is great, but I, the vast majority of the audience is not going to have that context. Oh, yeah. Well, I think so, that's the problem. I mean, I, I certainly like honor whatever they're, intentions were but at the same time when i'm critiquing it i can only look at it as it's going to be perceived as a larger audience right i mean the real question is why would you turn your bathroom into a gas chamber (laughs) or why (laughs) if you're if you're him are we going to drop that spoiler alert here like what if you probably know at this but like what if but like what if you what if you need to turn on the like vent in your bathroom and you hit the wrong switch like well, that. he has to turn the master switch upstairs, Eric, oh, to lock the whole okay. thing down first, still, right? Still, that's got to be a master switch. Still yeah. <laughs> still I mean, guys like a, they were good engineers at the very least, right? <laughs> I like they, to think that he's going to find another house like this that's, like, ready to go with all right. Well, he definitely, you know what he did was he hired the um, Saw Abandoned Factory engineers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's what happened. Um, yeah, Caitlin, you want to just walk us through the twist here, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Yeah, so the reason we went with serum for word of the day is because Vern happens to be Joseph Mangala, um, rejuvenated indefinitely by a serum that he used making the, he extracts some enzymes, I think, that come from the eye when someone is stimulated with intense fear is supposed to be the the shtick, right? Science. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So he's like he's the Nazi expl- Monsters, Inc. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is Joseph Mengele, the Nazi one, monsters. the Nazi Dr. Bastard extraordinaire, still yeah. in the flesh, so. I, it was hard for me to swallow. 
<laughs> Even with a fair discussion. Wouldn't you just, it's just kind of one of those things where, and I said it in the email, my eyes were kind of rolling so hard I got dizzy. <laughs> like, oh, wouldn't you, I, that's uh, why I didn't pick up on Ian. <laughs> wouldn't you double up on the serum and just get younger? You would think that he would have kept working at it and not left himself <laughs> at that state, right? <laughs> I just, this whole, expo, his whole explanation about the enzymes or something, I'm like, that's, you just picked a science word. That doesn't mean anything, what you're saying. <laughs> I like that it has to be from someone who is deeply afraid. I was like, spooky yeah. science. Could it be anything? Could it just be about like retirement or does he need to be scaring me like in the moment? Like, cause I'm afraid of lots of things. I would probably be a good. Specimen. Yeah. <laughs> My tax bill's coming. Okay. Right. That's what I'm saying. I actually didn't call it right away, but I did put like this Mangala motherfucker in my notes, and then I was like, oh, "There you go." Well, it's like a it's double the one, the Mangala motherfucker. It's like a double <laughs> like, twist. Yeah, I'll tell you. See, the most... I was drawing one. I'm sorry. Eric. I was going to say I was doing my. I, this wasn't holding my attention. I was drawing while I was watching this and looked up, you know, with that reveal, and then I missed parts of the serum stuff. So I spent the la- back half of this movie trying to. Like looking at Wikipedia and looking up Mangala, <laughs> looking at the dates, getting the calculator out, and I'm like, wait a minute! Like, this doesn't t- yeah, I ended up. Uh, that's that was the most interesting part. Was I ended up down a, a rabbit hole looking at stuff about all the Nazis that escaped, supposedly escaped to Brazil after World War II, because that's like Argentina one of the Argentina and Chile, Argentina, yeah, right, right. That was the other one. Yeah, so like it was the most fascinating thing about this movie. Yeah, that is a fascinating rabbit hole. I've fell down there myself then i was down the rabbit hole of there was after the civil war there was a there were a group of like people in confederate states who moved down and founded a town in brazil and like now you go down there and they have like yearly like celebrations where they're all there's all this like but they're like it's dude you gotta look it up it's like they're they're ancestors (laughs) of confederates right who but then like intermingled with like local population but like so they're just like locals down there now but all of their symbology is all this like weird antiquated like American confederate stuff it's just like a town in Brazil grim yes (laughs) yikes (laughs) did you guys I found myself thinking a lot about people under the stairs while I watched that I didn't say that yeah Uh Yeah, because I think it mines some of the same sort of yeah, uh, anxieties about like fear of suburbia and your neighbors that I think we're eh, we're all having that le- lived experience lately. That and crazy house uh, shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> also, just being trapped in a house, I do feel like yeah. someone turned the master switch on two years ago, and I'm like, open up. I um, get a lot of that vibe from it. But yeah, I, I the thing I appreciated more so with with people under the stairs, like it leaned all the way into the the politics of what it was getting after with like gentrification and, and you know, the ties to white supremacy. Whereas this one just kind of used the tropes as opposed to like really digging into again, what I thought like it flirted with really interesting mm-hmm. ideas, but it just shied away from like actually yeah. going. All That's the such way. a, it's interesting sure. you make, it's interesting you make that comparison. Cause I also don't like people under the stairs. <laughs> What? Really? Oh, and had a blessing. similar like when I watched it, like I watched it later, like not when I was a kid, and I remember being like, "Yeah, I don't know what I'm watching right now. What is this?" Oh, interesting. See, I think that movie is so much it it does a campy tone so much better because it's yeah. throughout the whole movie. But the other thing that People Under the Stairs I think does better as well is that the people under the stairs, you have compassion for them. And I think the movie itself has compassion for them. That they're these kids who have been tortured and mm-hmm. locked away by these rich, wealthy white people. And in here, we know for a fact that these, you know, quote unquote zombies that he's hiding are Jewish people that he's kidnapped from his neighborhood and tortured. But there is zero compassion for them in this movie. No. They're just faceless, nameless zombies. And that's it. We never really even see their faces except for the creeper guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Would you recommend? Stay oh, up? Eric, before you go to the recommendations, I had, I do have one other part I need to bring up. Okay. Joseph Mengele has been extending his life for years, and he was an evil dude, right? <laughs> for sure. And he's, di- but also a very smart man, just unfortunately with the evil purposes behind it. I got to think he's smart enough that in his hiding out in suburban America for 
however 70 80 years he is not going to be that bold to put a giant red <laughs> nazi door in his basement because somebody's <laughs> going to sneak down there no okay. matter how much you tell him not right. to right? okay right. why the nazi door a and b why the nazi lock because that's one of the first things yes. they see they're like boy that's like a german lock like bro master locks cost like five dollars like <laughs> incognito should be the name of the game here I think it was sort of a like, test, right? To to be able to read whether somebody was in the know and got the Nazi symbology. That's fair. Maybe? Well, the padlock's fair. Yeah, but the Nazi door, the door is over the top. <laughs> From what <laughs> I know about Mangala, which is, I their last podcast on the left did a series on him, and it is fascinating and brutal and definitely worth your time but um i feel like it all tracks like now do you know from listening to it true he was arrogant do you know from listening to it was this a person that like disappeared after the war and was never found or like is that no we know he died in 85 or something i think somewhere i think he drowned oh i thought he had a heart attack (laughs) well it's like it's something on the beach or something that is like no he deserved to suffer and he just sort of like had a death on the beach and it's like Fuck that. Like, I would have yeah. preferred that he got pummeled by movers of color. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that kick a to the face good was. Scene. Yeah. But, but his like, face that, just exploded. It just went out flat. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, though, that striking red door in the basement, I just dumbfounds me because, you know, somebody's going to wander down there regardless of who's in your house and you tell them not to go down there, somebody's going to get curious and wander down there. They're going to see a giant red door with a swastika on it. But at the same time, I did like how that they used that door to set up the end of this movie to where it's kind of sitting there and you don't really realize it at first that you haven't seen it open until he dies at the end. And so seeing that, uh, I know we've said his name, the uh, gentleman that ran the company. Shill. Shill standing up there and squaring up because you could see the alarm going off the door and getting ready to open. I was actually pretty excited about that because I was like, okay, well, we're, we're going to get more crazy stuff coming from behind this door. So setting that up as I thought it was a nice setup at the ending to try and get some more interest to do more of that. But I thought kudos for that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely builds some tension there. Yeah. It's a wild sequel to Apt Pupil. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I always may think of a monster squad where the German is friendly. (laughs) Um, Okay. Would you recommend this movie, Rachel? Maybe watch Overlord ahead instead. (laughs) Oh, Overlord is cool. Caitlin. I'm going to say yes. And with that, say that Jason said we could quote him and say that this movie is a mixture between American history X House of a Thousand Corpses and Inglorious Bastards. So I will say, give it a go. Ariel. I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean that to sound rude. No, I just, that delivery so out there. That delivery think, was amazing. I, think I take a pass. <laughs> uh, Casey. I don't mean this as a slam, but if you're into like the sci fi originals, asylum type movies, then I'd say, yes, go ahead and give it a shot. Roasted. Love it. Uh, I'm gonna also going to say no. That's going to do it for the attic. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. At St. Bernard Academy, four outsiders are about to make all their wishes come true. With a vengeance. Magic. We can make things happen. You're a witch. Surprise. (laughs) The craft. Girls, watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, mister. Rated R at Theaters Friday. I'm Denise Crosby from Pet Cemetery and Mortuary and The Walking Dead, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror.
Caitlin, mark it down. First appearance of Rachel's cat on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see me glitch out when he unplugged my computer? <laughs> oh, is that what happened? <laughs> yep. A little sabotage when he was over here being sweet, and then he would like grabbed it with his teeth and would not let go. <laughs> Noting it in the document officially. <laughs> Historical significance. Rachel, what's your cat's name? Pry. My other cat is Leela. Can you figure out the pattern? Uh-huh. Uh, very nice. And Fry <laughs> is orange for those of you at yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. He heard it was spooky season, so his Halloween cat ass had to come in here and cause some trouble. Some things coming up here at Bloody Good Horror. October 15th, BGH 5K. Run it, walk it, scoot it, don't care. Track it with your apps. Send it in on social media with the hashtag BGH. 5k we're gonna we'll share everything from people who run it and we'll uh, track the winners and whoever can beat john you're you're my hero so let's try to make scoot it, it was my favorite part of that scoot <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can choose how to interpret that next up uh october 24th saturday october 24th 9 p.m eastern the bgh annual october zoom tacular uh we are working on prizes. Caitlin has already got the door prizes. We're going to call them ready. Um, this I've is got stuff. Some good prizes. This is stuff yeah. you could win just for being there. It's yeah. pretty cool. They're themed because Caitlin's amazing. And, we're a little, uh, we're a little hard at home goods. <laughs> Sell some cool theme packs, but yeah, I think we said door prize, uh, trivia prize, costume contest prize. Yeah. And all kinds of other stuff. So yeah. So check that out. You just, all you have to do to attend is be a patron. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Any level. And uh, get yourself an invitation. We'll send out that link a couple days before. So there you go. Um, info at bloody good We got two emails from uh, Caitlin and Kissimmee. Uh, long time, long time. She says, I finished all the episodes, so I'm starting again. Episode 15. Casey's about to turn 30. Sorry, Casey. Holy crap. Well, but then she writes back. <laughs> she wrote back. Let's see. That was 919 AM, 929 AM. She wrote back. Stand down. Casey, you were 33. Eric asked okay. how 30 was. <laughs> Still bad. Still. So such a spring chicken, Casey. Like that's wild. I know. I as of this recording, I'm 47. <laughs> that's crazy, dude time is a flat circle yeah um casey I wish then i could start over <laughs> so just getting older uh, <laughs> casey what do we have on twitter tonight all right we've got two tweets hanging out there tonight uh if you've got questions hit us up hashtag ask first comes up with old friend at skizbot it's cider mill season baby what's your favorite kind of donut or for eric what used to be your favorite back when you could eat wheats and grains and things that tasted good? <laughs> Man, I like a good like uh, maple frosted donut from Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. Those are pretty good. Yeah. Or like the strawberry frosted. I, uh, shout out Darren. Darren and I have bonded over Boston cream donuts. They're good. Yeah, Boston cream's the jam. I, you know what I love is a good uh, Boston cream donut hole from uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Just give me like. You also love a good Darren, don't you? I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love Darren? But I think I'd rather get like forty Boston cream donut holes than have like a. Yeah, I don't know why. It's the principle. Yeah, it's the principle. It's like a surface area um, thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's got to be a chocolate buttermilk bar. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That sounds like nice. some fancy West Coast donut. Yes, it has very liberal politics. <laughs> <laughs> it went to a Montessori school. It sounds, yes. yeah. it sounds like some kind of woke donut to me. It's, it's very nimby. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I don't, all I'll say is I thought donuts were getting out of hand when you were getting the big chunks of candy and Oreos and whatnot sprinkled all over the top. And I thought like the bacon ones, like there's no way until I had one. And then I'm like, oh, yes. It, it works. <laughs> yeah, they are good. <laughs> I don't know. I like just a glazed old fashioned. It's kind of boring, but I love those. Like a crawler? Is that 
the same like the family. circular ones that are yeah mm-hmm. yeah that are like lumpy on top yeah yeah those are good they get what's there's like the yeast donuts and the cake donuts too right mm-hmm. there's a place in downtown indy that sells yeast donuts and uh Taylor's, I believe, and it's like some place you only get if you happen to be down there, but they are amazing. Um, I will say they're just plain glazed. There's a really good place in uh, where was that? Portland, Maine? No, where was I? Oh, I forget. In somewhere in New Hampshire, it actually is. There's a place that makes potato donuts, so they're gluten free and they're real good. Cool. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our other tweet tonight comes from Alex Jones. Any of you ever work a haunted house? I did. I got punched a lot, but I also chased those little assholes after and had dads <laughs> went to fight me. Man, I had, a, I had a year oh. or two where I was really wanted to, but my like social anxiety got the better of me. There's a, a haunt group here in Richmond called Red Vein. And although I love horror on screen and in a book, I'm I don't do well with like being <laughs> in an environment that is scary, mm. especially with the no. physical yeah. stuff. But I I do their craft fair every year. So <laughs> while I don't work the haunt, I work <laughs> I was just the say. barn as selling souvenirs <laughs> to the to the good people who go through the haunt. yeah i never actually worked in an actual haunted house but i have enjoyed the hell scaring kids out in the front yard trick-or-treating yeah i mean casey basically that's my favorite pastime casey does this (laughs) casey does this every year dresses up scary and scares kids i wonder if this is why like my my childhood desire to do this is why i love hell house llc so much yeah it's like behind the scenes i watched it the other day eric thought of you so fucking good <laughs> the director's cut or whatever. There's a director's cut out there. I've never seen it because generally I think director's cuts are trash. Like <laughs> I used to think differently, but now what I see is like director's cut is like cool. Let's put in all the bloat we cut out to make this a better movie. Fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah. Where is the lie? <laughs> Hot take. It used I... to be see like because if you grew up in the '90s, what director's cut meant was with horror in particular, here's all the gore the MPA cut out. We put it back in. Yeah. And that, I feel like that right. was the genesis of a lot of horror fans love of like the idea of a director's cut. It's that is not mm-hmm. at all what that means. Now mm-hmm. there is nothing worse than the director's cut of a comedy comedy director's <laughs> oh, cuts <God>. are <laughs> fucking trash. Like I will accidentally like stream one every once in a while. I'd just be offended and like turn it off because they're <laughs> so bad. The uh, Alex Jones does go on to say, though, uh, speaking of the uh, haunted house that they worked in, Conan O'Brien sent a camera crew to film our little attraction for a segment. I'm in it as Leatherface. I'm basically a celebrity. That's which is pretty <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> Want to touch the hem of his tweet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for tweets. Ariel, how is it not getting trolled during the tweets? Did yeah, you it feels pretty good. <laughs> that, was, that was well done, Rachel. You <laughs> missed it. You missed it, Rachel. She when she, she was telling us about her birthday, I asked I asked her what it was like to turn sixty. It's for you. Did. <laughs> um. All right. Every Tuesday on Instagram, I answer questions. Even if I forget to post until Tuesday night, I still answer them. (laughs) It's whenever I have Monday off, it's a whole thing. Anyway, I did get to it. Um, This person apparently doesn't know Joe isn't still around because he said still listening to fish, which that can't be that can't be directed at me. Um, I worked with a dude once, though, who like followed fish like religiously. They have some acolytes that really like follow the tour. Yep. Oh, yeah. I have a friend that's about that fish life. We get along about just about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Are more looking forward to Halloween kills or Titan? I I don't know what Titan is. Do you guys want to tell me what Titan is? It's the new one from the director that did Raw. Julia DeCour now. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a basic bitch so i'm gonna say halloween kills <laughs> yeah. i'm curious crazy. for tight team but i'm excited for halloween kills yeah 
Um, this question is for not me. Read any good books lately? <laughs> Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I listen, I can tell you about the last book I read, Caitlin, but it's not fiction and it's not horror and everyone's eyes will glaze over if I tell them. Oh, I, so. I almost exclusively read nonfiction now. Like I don't have any good novel recommendations for anyone. I also read literature and nonfiction. <laughs> like, <laughs> definitely not young adult. Four fiction. years ago, four years <laughs> ago, I read fiction rules. <laughs> like whenever Annihilation came out, I read that trilogy and it's really good. Wow. So there you go. When did that happen? 2019 or 2018 or something? <laughs> I'm currently reading Foundation, which is not spooky at all, but it's a great book. So I'm in the middle of listening to the audiobook of the Final Girl Support Group because people oh, kept nice. recommending it. I heard that's really good. That's on my Kindle. I'm um, not enjoying it as much as everybody else seemed to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel weird about it because everybody's like, it's so good. And I'm like, I don't um, I don't get it. I hate all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It is a really good time, though, to promote the BGH Book Club. Check out reddit.com. It's our BGH Book Club. Or uh, you can also, there's a uh, button on bloodygoodhorror.com, and there's also um, a, there is also a page for it on Slack. Yeah, you can find Alyssa. She'll It is very well curated. So check that out. Next up, Sci-Fi is doing a remake of Slumber Party Massacre. What the hell? Oh, uh, yeah. Some buzz <laughs> as of yesterday. Some good buzz yeah. starting to come out of that. Yeah, look, there were some screenings. Casey uh, joined me last week to record a Plug It Up on Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, oh, that's so time. great. I can't wait yeah. to hear that. On the new in one? A, or the in a short six weeks, you'll get to hear it. <laughs> 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 I'm like very ahead of uh, schedule. In the new one or the original? <laughs> The original. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I love the original. We may hear it really before good. I turn 50. Um, <laughs> fun fact, I saw some story the lately. It's being directed by a woman and written by a woman, so Rachel and I are particularly excited about it. Yeah. So, the original was so written the original. as a feminist parody of horror. Yep. Yeah. 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 Brown, also the, famous for her cat mysteries. The original, <laughs> the original is really one of those rare things that like works both as satire and as like a just really great example of the thing it's satiring like it's that level yeah. of well yeah. put together um i read an article lately because he, he mentioned sci-fi here that it was like a poll of like people under a certain age like how do you spell the shortened version of science fiction and the yeah. majority of people spell no. it siffy like no. s-y-f-y oh, no. <laughs> really they changed the really? lexicon you guys like that's crazy. Yeah. Not just so, for the channel, but for the genre right. in general. Yes. Says Mr. Hyphy here. <laughs> oh, God. Watch me like mummify in real time and blow away in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Shuffle off this mortal coil. <laughs> I don't want to be on this planet anymore if it's Siffy now. <laughs> Take me, Lord. Siffy planet. What yeah, non- my, my niece sent me a TikTok where this woman had found in a thrift shop a jacket that had a Marlboro symbol on it. Uh-huh. And she was talking about how she was sho- so shocked that this was a thing and then went on some deep dive on the internet and discovered that you used to be able to get gear Dude. by saving up your points. I had a f- everybody in the comments was just like, what? This was a thing? I'm like, oh, Dude. fuck. I feel real. I had a friend. I had yeah, a, exactly. I had a friend in the '90s who was way into that. Like Marlboro specific, they had the whole catalog. Yeah. And save your like points. I had Crazy. a friend whose uh, dad was real big into that, and he had like the entire wardrobe and everything. <laughs> and you could smell it when you went over there. Oh, no. Yeah, I imagine. I would imagine. Um, what non-horror director would you most want to see direct a horror movie? I said, uh, I said, I said Christopher Nolan. I think it could be interesting. It's weird. Like there's, there's less of a stigma around horror these days. Like you, you see directors kind of like coming in and out of the genre more than you used to. So I had I actually had trouble like thinking of a director I like that's never done horror before. Ari Aster yeah. keeps saying that he doesn't make horror movies. So I'd what? love to see him do a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, put your money where your mouth is, Ari Aster. Quit with your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking horror movie. Just kidding. Movie. I love you. Bro. <laughs> you can't make movies that good and be like, they're not horror movies. Sorry. Yes, they are. 
I'm sorry. This cult movie and this uh, other cult movie, not horror. Actually. You're too good to not be ours. So you're ours. Now. <laughs> um, is anyone going to the Dracula and Frankenstein Fathom event October 2nd? That's where they do these like one night events in theaters. Right. Is yeah. like, is this I like, think at Universal Studios, they also do a walkthrough of like sets or something. Because I know they're doing an Invisible Man, Wolfman one later in October. I'm not going to lie. This That era of cinema is like... I'd rather see it in clip show form than actual form. <laughs> Cover your ears, Ariel. Cover your ears. Sorry. It's okay to be wrong, Ariel. It's a, listen, I can appreciate that some people can get down with it. I I appreciate its historical importance. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> That's super funny. Um you know what I did watch though on the, the Elvira marathon the other night I watched, was it house on haunted Hill? Right. Yeah. I had never yeah. seen, it was really good. I was pretty into yeah, it. It's a good That's movie. that is like kind of a generation beyond that, like original universal stuff though. Right. Cause that was like yes. early sixties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We missed y'all on uh, Friday at the, on Slack for the, the uh, Elvira special or Saturday. I should yeah. Say. Were people, uh, were people I didn't realize messaging that. about it? Cause yeah. I looked and I didn't see anything. Was yeah, that, we were all in, hanging out there during the thing live. Was it in the watching chat? No, it was in the last driving. Oh, weird. Okay, yeah. This is where Eric finds out he wasn't invited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it was really fun. I, I'm not gonna lie. I dig her like a more abbreviated format from the Joe. Like Joe Bob could stand to like have a time limit on his thing. Oh, we were uh, the other Caitlin on Slack and I were uh, t- chatting during the show. I believe it was the other Caitlin, but. Elvira, they proved, especially in the later movies, that because she kind of changed formats as, as the movies got later in the night. Sorry, I didn't mean to no. say that. Slap that brownie face. That was amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I hurt your feelings. <laughs> Casey just Universal like a, Casey just emoji bombed the video. That was. Cool. <laughs> I'm passionate about Elvira. But, uh, she started coming in where she would just kind of like cut in in the middle of a scene with like one-liners and riffing on the stuff like that and that was a really good format for a room we were talking about they could easily mst3k elvira on her couch in the lower right hand corner of the yeah, screen and just let her rip on a movie there was something really oh, jarring though because like in the last drive-in there's bumpers before they go to joba but this is just smash cuts to elvira and it's like whoa yeah. like, it takes you a second to come, like, <laughs> but uh yeah no i thought i thought it was really great and i that's like the third or fourth time i've seen that first movie, the, her actual movie, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, the one Mistress where, of the Dark. Mistress yeah, of the Dark. like because we did it eight, 2020 at some point on the show because it was new to Shutter, and I've watched it a few times on Shutter TV since then. That movie is so good. Yeah, it is just so much <laughs> it's fun. Great, so of its time in a really fascinating way. Uh, okay. What's the scariest book you have read? Mm. I said. Maybe House of Leaves freaked me out the most. Gotta read that. It, when I read it in high school, scared me so bad. that My parents were out of town for like a month. And so I would have to go across the street and get the boy that lived across the street to come over while I took a shower because I didn't want to be alone. And I now realize... <laughs> Those are probably some mixed signals. <laughs> but I genuinely just didn't want to get Pennywise. That's hilarious. Um, Arguably more dangerous. <laughs> I did actually read most of uh, Stephen King's Night Shift. The sh- and there's some short stories in that thing that are real scary. I think modern, if anybody has read anything by Ania Alborn, her book yeah. C, kind of like folk horror Did you read that? Yeah. It's good, right? And creepy. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Mr. She's Scrap. got a lot of good stuff out there. She get Some of them are creepier than others, but yeah, she's got a lot of good stuff out there. Myself, <laughs> uh, Laird Barron, I read a lot of Laird Barron short stories. He's got some pretty creepy stuff in there, too, that I've actually like set the book down, turned the light back on. <laughs> <laughs> Writing that down, Laird um, Barron. Oh, yeah, I'll give you some recommendations on that, Rachel. You'd like it. Right into the DM, sir. (laughs) uh, As long as I'm bragging about that one time I read a book, the second, the 
the follow-up to Annihilation, I think it's, ex- I don't know if, it's not Acceptance, I can't remember, Control maybe is what the name of the second book is, but the second book in the Southern Reach trilogy, very creepy. It sounds like the 12 steps, like, <laughs> yeah. going Dude, that whole, se- it's just fucking brilliant. Like, as a person who has trouble, like, sustaining interest in finishing fiction, I could not put those books down. They are so good. Um... Have y'all turned the corner on Malignant yet? How about Malignant Brain Baby Monster versus Brock Lesnar? <laughs> Might be close. That because basically when that thing comes out, it's like a ninja. That's yeah. true. Yeah, but what about Malignant versus Ian? Versus oh. Oh, God from tonight's movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I just think like, is this a rule? Am I only allowed on shows where there is a parasitic no. twin? <laughs> and the front of Anne. Casey, though, <laughs> is it the front of Anne or like the back person of like? Can it only be back people versus each other? Well, that's what I was mm-hmm. thinking, right? I mean, that's the p- perfect analogy. <laughs> well, can Anne or can Sarah Anne's twin talk through radios and shit? Caitlin, <laughs> <laughs> still on. I love it. Still mad. Um, <laughs> last question of the evening: Are any of you doing a thirty-one days of Halloween movie challenge? Um, our buddy Jody runs, he does these awesome lists of 30 and 31 day movie challenges for horror throughout the year. And I know he's got one posted. So uh, I think he's got a Facebook group and you can also find him on Slack, but he makes these awesome lists. And I'll tell you what I have, Caitlin, for anybody who does a 31 days of, I have a question. How? <laughs> hard. How do you watch a movie every night? How do you sustain interest? How do you well, sustain? Well, you know, Jody does not. Jody doesn't sleep because the so. second. Here's my problem. This is just about the way my brain works. The second I lay out a gauntlet for myself, it is then homework, and then I don't want to do it ever. Like I don't <laughs> think I'd make it to day two. I think as soon. I think as soon as I was like, here's the expectation of myself, I would give up. You got to be. Jazz- <laughs> I did it once. I did it once, like ten years ago, and you really got to be jazzed up for it to get yourself to commit. So. Yeah. I so Joe Ferry, he and I for films at first sight are <laughs> collaboratively doing the 100 horror movies in 92 days challenge, but it has to be movies that are new to you. And I watch stuff that I've seen before constantly for the show, for plug it up, for all that yeah. kind of stuff. And Joe is so good about watching stuff that's new to him, so he is very much carrying the challenge. So for that's the two of us. multiple. But pro- so one, he and Jody will just like not sleep and watch movies. Joe is nocturnal. I think we covered this yeah. last week. And also, um, <laughs> I have anxiety, and I like to watch things over and over that Same, are yeah, comforting that to me. So like, mm-hmm. it's it's your comfort place. It yeah. is very hard yep. to get me to watch new things. I will get in a zone like that. And when I do it, I try to mainline as much new stuff as I can. Cause I know it's going to be like fleeting. Uh, well, yeah. listen, it's American horror story season. What we do in the shadows season, great <laughs> British bake off season and midnight mass. Like I have a lot of new shows. <laughs> <to watch. laughs> I, you know what? Great British bake off died to me when they changed the cast. I don't like the new cast. Ooh, you got to hop back on. Controversial. Noel Fielding is my goth husband and I oh, love yeah. him. <laughs> I don't very I don't like any of the new people. Eric. Sorry. It's so I, didn't think I think I did it this either, connects. Really like this connects to the whole I don't watch new horror movies. <laughs> I feel like uh, <laughs> we're getting a through line here. <laughs> I need like less shots of the new people and more just shots of random like goats or insects in the field. Like my that's favorite like my sweet spot. British bake off by like um transition is always a goat and it says like Bleeding in mm. like bleat, not bleeding, but bleating. like bleeding in <laughs> That's a different show. Ram <laughs> coming out from eight twenty four. They, I am not doing a thirty one days uh, watch marathon thing this year, but I am going to do for the first time. I'm going to do Drawloween, which is uh, drawing spooky stuff every day from prompts throughout oh, the month. So oh, fun. so I love that. Uh-huh. Thank you. I, you know, yeah. Caitlin, you know what I'm doing. I just sure. I just remembered this. Uh, I'm dropping some new music on October 15th, the day that Halloween Kills comes out. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm working on a my first ever like soundtrack project. It's basically a horror film soundtrack to a non-existent movie that I have the story to in my head. Ooh, um, that and sounds interesting. What I'm releasing is like a 
reprised version of the main theme. So it's like a fleshed out like main theme to this movie. Um, so check out um, Hi-Fi, search Hi-Fi on Twitter, H-Y-F-Y, and you can get, um, I'll be dropping the, let's see, today's the 29th. The day this show comes out, um, Monday the 4th, I think, or from, check out my Twitter. I'm going to be dropping some artwork <laughs> for it soon. And then, like I said, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll drop on the Hi-Fi Spotify on October 15th. Which is the day that so hi fi like sci fi is what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. that's very exciting. I'm While we're doing plugs, we're actually doing yeah. um, a 31 days of Halloween on Zombie Girls. If people want to play along, um, oh, nice. like every day, we're going to put out an. Uh, we always do this every er, every October, but this time we're doing like a choose your own adventure. So all of us have very different tastes. So like oh, yeah. you can pick which one you want to watch. I mean, obviously you'll pick mine, but you could <laughs> watch something. <laughs> nice. That is so organized. I love it. <laughs> oh, if you could only see behind the scenes, you'd be far less impressed. Eric <laughs> <laughs> um, likes a spreadsheet. I've come to find. Mm, yeah, you true. can find it at ZG Podcasts, both on Twitter and Instagram. Love so it. There'll and be it, like four recommendations for every day in. October. That's great. And if you want to find um, the zombie girls in your podcatcher, it's zombie G R R L Z. Yep. So there you go. Uh, uh, for those, since we're plugging stuff here, Eric, I'm going to go ahead and throw mine out there. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at cinema.fromage. If you've listened for a long time, you know I've gone used that name a lot in the past. Uh, but it's now at cinema.fromage. I'm selling stickers and T-shirts and stuff over there, just stuff I've been drawing and designing. And I post pretty much all the artwork over there. And that's where Drawloween will be going. So feel free to follow me and say hi. Love it. And Caitlin, cool. Caitlin, let's go on and plug it up this week. Uh, well, this week I released a really personal episode to me on Teeth, the uh, the classic Vagina Dentata movie. Um, and it's been, yeah, it was one that was a little tough for me to, to release just in terms of nerves, but I'm really glad I did. I've gotten a lot of nice messages about it. And yeah, I'm sitting on a bunch of edits that I need to get done, and then those will release as well. <laughs> Love it. Sounds awesome. Check that out. Plug it up. BGH production out everywhere. You get your podcast. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining me this evening. Spooky season is upon us. I don't know what we're doing this upcoming week, but I'm going to be rallying hard for some VHS 94 the week after that. So keep an eye out for that. And um, yeah, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.